you have your Bible, you'll want to turn to Psalm 23. We're going to walk through Psalm 23 today. Most of you know that passage, probably the second most familiar passage in Scripture, uh, second to John 3.16 probably. We quote it all the time. It's on our pillows where Grandma knitted it um, in our house. We're very familiar with it, but I want to take a stroll through that. I've never preached on Psalm 23 um, just everybody else did, so I didn't. Um, but I want to set it up first. Um, and look at, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to go there for you. Um, John 1.12 says, let me pray first. Let's pray together. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, what is impossible with you? Father, we'll not ask you this morning to be present. We'll celebrate your presence this morning. We'll acknowledge your presence this morning for you live in us that have chosen to respond to your invitation to move from death to life. This is a sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Father, thank you for the truth that you are the good shepherd. And would you write that in our hearts this morning? Father, I desire to be a vessel of honor, so just remove me from my own thoughts of doing well, making sense. And Father, would you just speak through me? Would you tune our ears to your voice, not mine? And would you meet us in our place of need this morning? And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. John 1.12 says this, Yet to all who received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those that believe on his name. Psalm 23 is an amazing passage, and it's a passage about relationship. It's a passage about presence, but it starts with a relationship. We're not all, he's not shepherd to all of us, only to those that have become his child, only to those of us that have entered in. But a lot of times in church, we find that this passage is quoted by, you know, the Lord's my shepherd. I hope he is. Two weeks ago, I buried a brother, 69 years old, who heard the truth, who would have said to you that God was his shepherd, but never entered in. In John 10, it says this, starting with verse 1, it says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way as a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. 
Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So as we get started this morning, I just want to ask you one question. Have you entered by the gate? Because Jesus says, I'm the gate. Have you come to faith in Christ through the sacrifice of Jesus? That he took your sin upon the cross, died for you, died for me, and paid the price for my sin, and imparts righteousness to me, and offers me the right we only have one right and offer me the right to become a children, a child of God. Have you entered by Jesus or have you been trying your whole life to climb in by some other means? It's a big question because if you're trying to climb in by some other means, he's not your shepherd. The evil one is still your shepherd. And you're always at want. The evil one's your shepherd and you're always thirsty. The evil one is your shepherd and you're never at peace. You lack rest. You don't lie down by still waters. You're always in turmoil. It's a big question. But it's where everything starts this morning. Is he your shepherd? Have you entered by the gate? Because Jesus says, I'm the gate. I'm the gate. You got to come through me. I hear people say all the time, you know, There are many ways. Nope. One way. One way. And that is Jesus. A lot of times I hear people say, we're all recipients of God's grace. Nope. Only those of us that entered in through the gate, which is Jesus. So this morning, if you're here, I would ask you to start there. How'd you get in? Did you get in through Jesus? Or are you trying to climb over by some other way? Everything starts here. All right, so let's get it going. Psalm 23. I'm going to be honest with you. The hardest part of the whole thing for me this morning is the first line. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord Adonai, God Almighty, is my shepherd. Hmm. 
creator of heaven and earth, is my shepherd. Everything that's going to be said from this point forward in this passage springs from that truth right there. I've said to you time and time again, the foundation of our Christian life is built on our understanding of who God is. His name and how he relates to us. It's all built on those things. He is Adonai Rohi, my shepherd. And he is the good shepherd. But as we're going to see, and you know, I, I got to go into this passage and I was just challenged so much about things in my own life where I drift away from that one truth. The Lord, Adonai, creator God, and there are 13 references to his name in this passage. 13 references to his name in this passage. He's the one who cleanses. He's my provider. He's the one who pursues. <laughs> and folks, if that doesn't stir your heart, I, see me afterwards because I'm going to help you find a cardiologist. And uh, we're going to have your heart checked. If that doesn't stir you that this morning God says to you and to me, Adonai, God, creator God, to you in your situation, in the circumstances you're in, in the place you find yourself in life, I am your shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I don't miss nothing. I got your back. I'll take care of you. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Other passages say, I, I, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Why would I not? How do I get to a place where I don't want anything? Because I understand that my shepherd's got it all taken care of. He'll take care of everything. I don't have to want. It's when I get my eyes off of him and my gaze comes off of him and onto me and onto my situation that I begin to come up with a list of wants that I want to beg God for. See, we don't, a lot of us, we don't want a father or a shepherd. We want a genie. Ring our little bell, rub our little, whatever that thing is, amp. And, you know, we make movies about it. And he wants to be our shepherd. He wants to prove he's not scared by that position. He wants us to understand the position he offers us that he takes and says to us, trust me to be your shepherd. You shall not want. You shall lack nothing. Okay, let me tell you this, guys. To call us a sheep was not a compliment. No. If you've ever seen sheep, you've ever been around sheep, you know, I always saw that picture of, uh, I guess it was of Jesus or John the Baptist or somebody that had the sheep around his neck. You know what I'm talking about? You ever seen that picture? Yeah. Ooh, I wouldn't have done that. Because you ever see sheep, they're nasty, smelly, 
horrible creatures. Okay? Oh, they're dumb. Yeah, because they can't find grass of their own. They can't even find water to drink. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures because I'm too stupid to do it myself. He leads me to water I can't drink. Why? Because I'm too stupid to find it. Here's what I'm good at, wandering off, getting myself in trouble. And even when I get myself in trouble, I can't fight. You ever seen a sheep fight? No, because they don't. Too dumb. So to call us a sheep is to say we are prone, I guess, to ignorance. Because we're not related in this passage to a creature that's very smart. And he says, I am your shepherd. I will lead you to green pastures. I'll take you and I'll walk you over and put you in a place where you can eat and be nourished. Shepherd means to feed or to lead. I will lead you to a place you can drink. Sheep don't drink from rushing water. They drink from still water. I'll find the still water for you. You don't have to look for it. All you got to do is tune your ears to my voice, and I'll lead you there. Being in Africa, I learned about sheep. They have them, and we watched these little shepherd boys. And um, at night, they put all their sheep, all the shepherds come together um, out of the, the lands, and they put their sheep in a crawl, what they call a crawl, and it's a big circle made out of acacia limbs and acacia bushes. Acacia bushes have thorns on them about that big, so the sheep aren't going to get out because uh, they're not going to get through the acacia bush, and, and predators are not going to get in. Jackals and other things will not get in, and they make this thing, and then one of them stays inside of the crawl at night. And then the next morning, all the shepherds come out, and they open the gate, and the sheep are right there, and then one of them will go, <laughs> and his sheep go. But all the other sheep stay right there. And the other one goes. <laughs> and they follow him. It's amazing to watch it happen. And that's what he says. The sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And they won't follow a stranger because they don't know his voice. As a matter of fact, they'll run from him. And that's exactly what happens. He calls his out by name and they come right to him. So whose voice are you listening to this morning? Who's calling you out? Sadly enough, a lot of times it's us. I'm listening to my own voice. And I'm saying, but God, I don't like my circumstances. I don't like where I'm at. I don't want to be here. Why am I in this situation? And he says, I am your shepherd. One, I'll make you lie down in green pastures. I'll nourish you. I'll lead you to peaceful waters. I'll renew your soul. And I'll guide you to paths of righteousness for my name's sake. It's not about you. Not about me. It's about him and his name's sake. It's all about his reputation, him and his reputation. And we get so caught up in, 
I want this. I want that. I want my life to. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want. We're talking on Thursday at men's meeting. It all begins when I enter the gate and I say, "It's my life, Lord. Do with it as you please. Do with it as you please." And if he sends me to Africa, he sends me to Africa. If he brings me home and sends me somewhere else, he does that. He's got a right to do whatever he wants with my life. You know, a lot of us, we serve the Lord, but here's what we do. He's our shepherd till he goes, I want you to do this. And we're like, no, no, Lord, come on. I can't do that. Is, is he my shepherd? Do I trust him that way? Do I trust him to take me to green pastures, to give me drink, to nourish me, to lead me, to lead out in my life, to call me out, lead me out, take me? He leads me on paths of righteousness, paths of right living. In other words, as he leads me out, if you, you ever live in the arid country, in the desert countries like that, when the shepherds go out, if you look from above, because we've flown over these places, and you can see the trails that go out, but the shepherd knows, okay, we're going to go on that trail because that trail leads me to this place. We're going on this trail because this trail leads me to that. Okay? This trail leads me to the lion's den. I don't want that trail, you know. This trail leads me to green pastures. This trail leads me to water. This trail leads me here, okay? And God's the same way with us. If we'll follow, listen to his voice and follow, he'll lead us on paths of righteousness, on the right living trails. He'll lead us the right way to the right things. I tell my boys all the time, stay in the word because God is preparing you for the things ahead that you do not know. He is trying to lead you down the right trails so that you can find all he has for you. So when we get out of the word and we begin to doubt, we begin to wonder, we begin to want, we begin to challenge that leadership of the shepherd that we begin to miss the things he has for us. He leads me, guides me in paths of righteousness. If you look at the first four verses of this passage, the first four verses of this passage David is talking about God. The Lord's my shepherd. Adonai is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me to green pastures. And then in verse 4, he changes. Ever notice that? He changes and he begins to speak to God. And he says... Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. You are with me. He begins to speak to God. You know, for us this morning, the valley comes in all kinds of things, all kinds of shapes and sizes. Cancer, surgery, financial pro problems, work problems, school problems, relationship problems. It's long, it's dark, it's hard. 
But he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What a phenomenal statement to us this morning. Regardless of where you're at, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what your circumstances look like, I am with you. I am with you. How can he say that? Because it's about relationship. And he understands that the shepherd, the relationship the shepherd has to him. And that relationship says he will take care of everything. Even when I'm walking through the darkest times of life, he will be enough. He will be enough because he is present, not just with me. Okay, if you, if you, this is an Old Testament passage. I spent part of this week trying to write the 23rd Psalm this side of the cross. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So I hadn't finished it yet. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it when I get it finished. But it says, you know, if you re- read this, this side of the cross, it, it wouldn't be, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. It would be, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are in me. He got a little closer, didn't he? <laughs> I don't miss anything, guys. He doesn't miss anything. He is in me. It's Jesus in my skin. It's the Holy Spirit residing in me that carries out these things, that submits to the Father's leadership, that listens to the Father, and everything the Father says to do, it goes and does. It's, the, it's what's in me that tunes my ears to the voice of the Father so that I hear that and I run to that voice because I trust that shepherd, because I've learned to trust that voice. Whose voice you listen to? Are you in a place where when circumstances turn dark, when you face another tragedy, that you look at your circumstance, you look at your tragedy, and you say, what did we just sing? My fear has no place when I'm standing in your love. Perfect love casts out all fear. I don't fear nothing. We should be fearless people. What's coming today to Mark Mathis that God can't handle? Nothing. Nothing. But what, Lord, what if, nothing. But but nothing. You got to say it a bunch of times for us to hear it. It's been said to us hundreds of times. You got it last week. He's saying it again today. You need to be fearless people because you've learned to trust me. You learned that I'm faithful. I'm trustworthy. I'm long-suffering. Even when you mess up, I'm still there with you. You know what? Sheep mess up. 
That's why he leaves the 99 and goes finds the one. He said, my rod and my staff, they comfort me. The rod is for protection. The staff is for comfort. The staff is for rescue. So when I, my dumb self wanders off and I fall over the little cliff and I can't get back up, he comes and he hooks me with that staff, picks me up, and he rescues me. And when the predator comes to steal that one, he takes the rod and he beats the hell out of that, that predator. You know, guys, we think Jesus is passive, man be pan be person. When something comes after his, whoo, buddy, we better get in our minds that he bears nothing to defend us. Look at my hair. Oh, good night. He loves me that much. That's what the shepherd does. And he says, Jesus says, the best shepherd I'm the model shepherd and that's that's what all these other shepherds do imagine what he will do for me what do you got to fear today nothing we got some things going on this week in our family and my ex-wife is coming in this weekend what do I have to fear? Nothing. Nothing. But I found myself all weekend or all week, you know, I'd be working on this sermon. I'd be working all week on this thing. And, I, and, and then I'd find my mind drifting over to, well, she's coming. I hadn't seen her in two and a half years. And she's coming. So I was like, and I was, what am I getting so worked up about? My shepherd's got it. My God has got my back. My God knows what's best for me. My shepherd, see, that's the shepherd. He looks at the sheep, he goes, they look a little hungry. Let's go find green grass. And off he leads us. We wander along behind him, and he's like, here you go. We eat. And he just watches over, makes sure no predators are coming, watches that none wander off. So, well, man, they've eaten, they've laid down. He even makes us lay down. I'm too dumb to do that, you know, to rest. Because he wants us to find rest. If that's what I need, hey, lay down. Lay down, okay? Takes me to find water. It's a relationship. It's a journey. He's walking with us. He's talking to us. He's revealing himself to us that we would know him and that we would trust him through the circumstances of life. My spiritual life is not, he's not trying to grow my life in spite of my circumstances. He's growing my life through my circumstances. My circumstances are God permitted. Okay? I'm where I am because God permitted me to be where I am. Okay? I don't want to come back to Mississippi, folks. I didn't. I want to be, I still want to be overseas. But it's not my life. And my circumstances are God permitted. He brought me back here. He put me here and he said, 
Love people. Or just be a vessel and I'll get it done through you. It's a better way to put it. And then he comes to this part. He says, you prepare a banquet table. That's what some people translate it banquet. Other people translate it table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. When I'm surrounded by my enemies, okay, and let me stop and say this. Those enemies aren't named Bill and Karen and John and Fred because I wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're talking about a spiritual realm kind of thing. And when I'm surrounded by my enemies, he says, sit down. Let's eat. Because this is not a problem to me. Pull up to the banquet table. I was trying to get it done today, and I just couldn't get it done. Too much stuff to do. But I wanted to have a table, and I I was going to have candelabras, and I was going to have eclairs and fruit and cake. I even talked to a lady earlier this week about decorating cakes for me. You know, one of those pedophor kind of little square little things you can eat. I don't know what those are, but I did, you know, and, and just all kinds of, and I want to go over the top because that's how he would do it. And he says, when all your enemies are surrounding you, it's about relationship. And he says, pull up to the table with me, with Jesus, pull up to the table with me and let's eat. Let's eat. Because I can handle all that. Just just rest, just be still, for I'll fight for you. Anybody there in your life today where you feel like you're certain? You know, and some commentators, the word enemy translate into circumstances. In the presence of my circumstances... You prepare a table before me. He's growing me through my circumstances. He's using, God's after one thing for us today. Character. He's wanting to make us like him. He's making us like the shepherd. He's putting those kind of traits in us so that we'll love each other that way. See, I wasn't just saved to be connected to God, I was saved to be connected to you also because we're body. And one of the things God's after is connecting us to the body. He's putting character in me, said, I'll love you the right way instead of the way we do in church most of the time and beat our own to death when they make a mistake. Instead, he's teaching me and saying, I want you to be long-suffering I want you to be trustworthy. I want you to be faithful so that you love them that way. And so the lost world looks at us, those who've not entered in by the gate, look at us and go, oh, man, I got to have that. I got to have that. Somebody tell me how to get in. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, God doesn't see my circumstances like I see them. 
He's got a completely different view. And he says, see all your enemies? Watch what I can do. And uh, you remember when David was uh, running for his life and Saul was trying to kill David? And David's hiding in a cave so that Saul can't find him. And all of a sudden, somebody walks in the cave and they're like, who's that? Well, that's Saul. That's Saul. And they hide, and then David creeps up behind him. Why did Saul come in the cave? Yeah, he had to take a poop. Sorry, he did. We all do. But so he's taking a poop. And David sneaks up behind him and cuts the hem off of his garment. Let's Paul or Saul do his business. I ain't gonna go there. I ain't getting that close to that stuff, you know what I'm saying, unless the Lord really tells me to do that. But um, So he lets him walk out, and he follows him out, and after Saul got a little distance from him, he calls out to him, and he says, See, God is with me. I could have taken your life, but I respect God's anointed. But what did God do in the present? God, God said, Look, he's after your life. I'll deliver him right in front of you. I can take care of your enemies however I want to. Because I'm the shepherd of everything. What are you struggling to trust God with today? What enemies do you feel like are after you? Because God will deliver them. He'll take, it's not a problem to him. He'll take care of them. He's much bigger than our enemies. He's much bigger than our circumstances. He's much bigger than anything we'll face today. He's not sitting on his throne wondering how he's going to handle Mark Mathis's life today. You know what's amazing to me? I can't mess this deal up. How arrogant am I to think that I can mess this deal up? That I'm big enough that by some decision I make, I'm going to mess up God's plan. He'll take me off that horse in a hurry and get me back down. He said, if I humble myself before the Lord in due time, he will lift me up. I won't be lifted up any other way until my shepherd reaches down and lifts me up. He said, he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Guys, you know what happens when we trust the shepherd? My cup overflows. Out of me flows rivers of living water. My cup overflows. I lack nothing. All the way back to verse, the first part of this, I lack nothing because that's the way the shepherd treats me. He didn't let me lack anything. My cup overflows. My problem is often I see my cup different than God sees my cup. And I'm like, uh, Lord, my cup ain't overflowing. I ain't got no money in my pocket. And God says, but what I've lavished on you, you can't put a price on. 
It's a different perspective. And he wants us to take that perspective of the shepherd lavished over the top. He has lavished himself on us. It says, certainly goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, will follow me, will pursue me, will chase me down all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Once I'm in, once I enter by the gate, then when I come to the crawl or to the pen, he opens the gate and ushers me in and closes the gate behind me and is my protector. And when it's time to go out, he opens the gate. He calls me out by name. I follow him and he leads me wherever he needs me to go. And then he brings me back. It's a relationship. It's a journey. And it says, I am your shepherd. Adonai, almighty God, is your shepherd. Anybody sad this morning? Please see me, because I, I promise you I'll help you find a cardiologist. Everybody's looking at me like, and I was praying, hoping, praying there would be smiles on people's faces after this passage. You got somebody else in your life love you that way? I've never found anybody love me like that. So this morning, Tim's going to come lead us. Our time of response this morning is going to be a table he prepares for us in the presence of my circumstances this morning. We're going to come to the table and be reminded that he is your shepherd. And whatever you got going on in your life today, would you take a moment and surrender that again afresh and anew to the Father? to your shepherd who, as Jesus said in John 10, lays down his life for the sheep, which is what we celebrate this morning at the table.